Hello everyone, this is Noelle Holscheiser, and this is my first podcast. I'm doing this for my mobile reporting class. It's one of the last assignments I have to do, and we're supposed to do a podcast that's at least 15 minutes long, but this might extend that time. And I thought I would do the subject of my boyfriend, Gunner. And no, we're not going to talk about our sappy love story (laughs) or anything like that. But over um, the three years that we've dated, I've learned a lot about Gunner. And he's a very interesting kid. I'll let him explain that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're still a kid. Yeah, I'd say say I act like a kid a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So Wait, 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 wait. What's up? So we're going to talk about Gunner's dreams. He has told me a lot about things that he wants to do when he gets older, or th- I guess things that he wants to do now. He has a lot of dreams, hopes, aspirations, and I thought it would be worth a podcast. And I think we would have some listeners that would be interested and inspired by Gunner. So, Gunner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, how, how, how old are you? I am now 23 in Woo-hoo, the year 2019. When nobody likes you. Yeah, nobody likes you when you're 23. I'm not feeling 22 anymore either. I nope. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, unbiased reporter Noel Holscheiser, who mm-hmm. has just met me or is pretending to be that way. Oh, <laughs> I grew up in a small town um, for most of my life uh, in Plymouth, Iowa. Has about 200 to 500 people on any given year. Uh, my graduating class at uh, Central Springs High School in Manly, Iowa was 60 people. So I'm from small town um, rural, Iowa, rural Iowa. Excuse me, but. Um, so I, I know what it's I know what it's like to have a small town mindset, and it's kind of interesting because now, moving up, just jumping ahead twenty three years, we're planning on going to um, the Twin Cities together. So, mm-hmm. in the span of the last, you know, three or four years um, of us knowing each other, it's you'll have seen me in a small town, you'll have seen me in a, regu- a normal sized town like Cedar Falls, and then which we're is going- how many probably. I don't know, 30,000? A couple 10,000. Yeah. So we'll be moving from Cedar Falls to like a capital city, um, or two cities rather. So it's kind of cool to have this um, journey that we're going to have with our, you know, small town mindset moving up into a big city where we've never been before. Um, I guess, did you want to talk about like... Anything specific from childhood or what? Um, let's just talk about, well, I guess we'll learn about your personality while we do this, but what are some words that you would describe yourself? Um, funny, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, I haven't come off that way too much tonight, mostly because I'm tired. Um, but I'd, I'd also say I'm very uh, empathetic uh, and strategic. Um, I, I feel as though... When a problem is presented to me, I, I think ahead of like five, ten, fifteen options, plans A through Z, and I immediately cut off anything that doesn't make sense or I think won't work. So, and that translates well to one thing in life, which is video games. I play those a lot. Um, 
and in those types of games you have to be strategic to be successful so i'm just trying to find a way to put that strategery into my um, everyday life but uh, yeah those are three words i'd say empathetic and and funny and uh, strategic so cool so gunner tell me how you were as a kid little gunny (laughs) so little gunny um, according to my parents, my brain hadn't turned on yet, because um, it was like before I was three years old, but mm-hmm. I was always told that I was a very, very mellow child. Um, I didn't fuss a lot. I wasn't the kid that, um, you know, threw a tantrum at Walmart when he didn't get a toy. I guess I was pretty... Because that was me. Yeah, that was you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was pretty complacent. Um, I'm the third child out of now four. I was the youngest for nine years until um, little Joey popped out um, and blessed the world with his presence. <laughs> Hi, Joey, if this does make it to Facebook. Um, anywho, I've got, two, I've got two older siblings, um, Frankie being the eldest, um, and then Bria. And then myself and Joey. So it was it was kind of fun. I was I was the baby for a while. Um, we grew up in gosh, I've been Lake Mills, and Lake Mills is a it's a pretty average sized town, maybe maybe ten thousand if that, maybe less probably. Um, you know, I lived there for again. This is like right after my brain turned on. Um, so so I I think we left when I was five or six. So he must have lived there for, I don't know, four or five years. And when Gunnar says his brain turned on, this is, this is he does not mean that he went through some traumatic <laughs> surgery. No, it no. It means when just, he started remembering I mean. yeah. things. That's that's what I mean. Because when, when you're a one-year-old baby, you don't, yeah. you don't remember anything. You don't have any object permanence or anything. So that's kind of, that was my fun way of yeah, saying that. Um, but yeah, I, as a, as a little kid, I had, I was very complacent, very, you know, quiet and shy a little bit. Um, but I was always very smart. Um, that's not me just, you know, toot my own horn, but, um, you know, my mom had suspicions that something was up, but I was always very smart, you see. Um, and that's not just me tooting my own horn or anything either. Um, my mom always had, uh, you know, visions of this because I would be reading uh, verses out of the King James Bible. And these are hard verses too, because I mean, it's got all the these and thous and stuff. And I was reading that pretty, you know, fluently at age four or five. So she had me tested and there's, you know, certain IQ tests and whatnot that you take as a child, which I don't know, you know, maybe I could have guessed on them, but Point is, they decided that I'm like borderline, I'm like just below genius level IQ, um, which is kind of, kind of weird because I don't feel that smart all that time, all the time. (laughs) I feel pretty dumb uh, most days, but I guess I'm just uh, smart when I need to be. Intellectually. Yeah. Who knows? I I, I can read very quick. That's still stuck with me. Um, I had to read a couple of books recently for a personal project I was working on and, you know, I knocked them out within two or three hours. Granted, they're, you know, 150-page books, so they weren't that big, but 
you know, it was, it was it came as a shock to those people, I guess, that it was I was already done. So when was this personal project? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So. Um, tell me some of the stories you had as a child. Oh Lord, um, God, where to start? So, a little bit of background on the rest of my family. I mentioned a little thing about my siblings, um, but. Quite honestly, I'd say that my cousins um, were more sibling-like than my actual siblings were. Because I was kind of born in a weird spot um, where, you know, my older siblings and I didn't really get along because they were, you know, two, three, four years older than me. Whereas Joey was nine years younger than me, so I was just kind of caught in limbo. But thankfully, my two cousins on my dad's side of the family, the Marino side... Um, they had Jesse Marino and Jace Marino, who were both right around my age, given, you know, a year and six months or so. Um, you know, we hung out a lot and, you know, any story I could give you is going to be wild, but one, (laughs) um, so me, Jesse and Jace, um, we're having a campfire in the back of our yard in the back of, uh, at Plymouth and, um, we thought it would be a fun idea to throw little CO2 canisters into the fire. Um, you get the CO2 canisters with um, airsoft guns that shoot the metal BBs. They're not meant to be shot at each other, but mm-hmm. just as target practice. So we start. We went inside to go grab those. Um, my older brother Frankie was outside at the time because we kind of still needed to be chaperoned. This is when we were probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old yet, and Frankie would have been about 17. Um, so he went across the street to the neighbor's house because the neighbor had come home and he was going to collect payment for mowing their lawn earlier that day. Um, but what he didn't know is he didn't hear that conversation about us throwing these dangerous flammable canisters in the fire. So we come back outside from the basement, got a handful of these things and we're just tossing them into the campfire because we're idiot 12 year olds. Um, and Frankie is, you know, away from the fire. So we all take cover because, you know, we play Call of Duty. We know these things are like frag grenades when they go off. So we're hiding behind my dad's shed. And um, Frankie is coming back to the fire because he got his money relatively quickly, I guess. Um, and we see him walking up to the fire and we're like, oh, no, <laughs> Frankie's going to blow up. So, and all of a sudden we hear this really high pitch whistling, like, you know, just going off from these canisters. Um, and, and all of a sudden Jesse and Jace were just both like, Frankie, get down. <laughs> and without a, you know, question, Frankie just, you know, hit the dirt, like in push up position, just instinctually. And all of a sudden just boom, 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 <laughs> all these you know, explosions go off and it was, it was pretty frightening. It was very dumb, very dumb. Yeah. We very could have easily killed Frankie, um, as evidence because some of the pieces of metal are actually still stuck in the shed to this day. Oh my God. Just, they, they're about the size of what? like a fingernail clipping or something just sticking out of the side of the shed. So and that's pure metal. That would have just shredded right through Frankie. So, well, that's a good example, uh, of Gunner's not childhood but when he got older my adolescence he was very young and dumb with his cousins (laughs) and while that doesn't exactly relate to his goals dreams and aspirations 
it tells you a little bit about him, and I think that's important to know. <laughs> he has a lot of stories, and that could be for another podcast. Oh, a sure. A long podcast. Yeah, long. An interesting podcast, but I really like this one. Uh, so, let's talk about your stories when you were about three years old that your parents have told you. Oh, okay. So we're jumping back now. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so I was a bit of a sensitive child. Um, I didn't take to sports very well. I didn't take to um, traditional manly things right away. Um, <laughs> as evidence, when I was at... Um, Gosh, it would have been Steve and Dawn's wedding, my uncle and aunt at the time. Um, they were getting married. I was probably about three, maybe four years old. And I was told that I was going to be the ring bearer. Um, be, you know, every nephew or anything that age is going to be the guy who brings out the ring at the wedding. And, you know, I was really excited. And I get to the wedding um Obviously, with mom and dad, I didn't just walk there myself. Oh my <laughs> the wording was funny. But anyway, we get to the wedding, and it became clear to me that I was not going to get a bear suit because I completely underestimated or under misunderstood what um, my parents had said when they said I was going to be the ring bearer. I didn't hear that extra ER at the end, so I thought I was going to be the ring bear, like a mascot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So then I was, they, I was like, where's my bear suit to, to mom? And she's like, what are you talking about? And she, I, I'm like, when am I going to change into my bear suit? And she's like, no, honey, not the ring bear, the ring bearer. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just a funny little meme in our family to, where's my, wh- where's, my where's my bear suit? <laughs> um, little gunny. Yeah. That's funny. Delete all this stuff, too. Yeah, we can. Okay. So, Gunnar, we've talked about your abilities when you were younger. I guess just you being intellectually smart. Um. Yeah, I actually felt like kind of a weird kid growing up. Um, other kids would be reading um, Harry Potter or, um, you know... Like like comic books and stuff at the age of, uh, you know, seven to fifteen ish range in this time span, but my myself, I was interested in reading atlases. That was my big thing when I was very young, like four or five. I would bring an atlas with me to bed, and I'd study, you know, different countries, um, and I'd take it with me because, by my mom's admission, I did, I don't remember saying this, but she was said. I took my atlas with me because I wanted to explore my dreams mm. and I wanted to have a map, which I thought that was kind of cute. Um, but yeah, um, I just got a lot of, now thinking back on it, I actually just got a lot of, I guess, smart kid books from uh, my Nana and Papa, uh, my grandparents, uh, from for like Christmas and whatnot. I, I had like a big book that was all about space. So I learned about all sorts of missions that had already happened, like things that are going to be happening. Like it was talking about the Mars project. And keep in mind, I'm reading this when I'm like nine years old. And it's a 
you know, not like a college textbook or anything, but it's like, you know, pretty, it's beefy. not meant for kids, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of beefy. Um, so I, I remember reading that <laughs> on the toilet more than anything, but that, that's where <laughs> I, yeah, that's how I, oh, you didn't have cell phones back then. So I read that. That's where I read that. Um, anyway, uh, what else did they get? They, they gave me um, a lot of trivia books, and like a lot of fun fact books um, as well. So, and, and these fun facts would just, and trivia would just go all across the board. Like it was like 101 questions and answers you need to know or something like that. And they had like a little three book series. I, I can still picture it in my mind. It's this big rectangular. This one was a little bit more targeted to kids because they had cartoons and stuff. And it would ask the question like, how do TVs work? And it'd go into like relatively kid friendly. It'd say, well, this is how a pixel works. And this is how it's broadcast from the towers and whatnot. And I just thought that was really interesting because over the course of those three 101 book facts, I learned 303 things I, you know, probably other kids didn't know at that age, um, which a lot of them, you know, weren't inherently helpful, but it's kind of fun to know. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. a, I feel like I have a lot of useless information. <laughs> nah. But it'd be good at trivia night. Mm-hmm. For sure. Let's see. Let's jump ahead. Did you have any, what were your aspirations growing up? Um, my very first one that I remember having and my mom remembers having too, is that she said I wanted to open up a Mario themed, uh, restaurant. She wants, yeah. Like when I was five or six years old, I wanted to open up Mario's cafe. I think I was going to call it and everybody there, all the waitresses and waiters and everything were going to be dressed up as Mario mascots. So Yoshi would bring out your food and, you know, Luigi would be your host or whatever. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Why is that not like, sound like, like a Nintendo, good idea? It'd be like a Nintendo Disneyland that type of thing. That sounds awesome. I mean, it, it would take a long time for well, the I mean, staff Nin- to get ready, but yeah. I mean, Nintendo have come on. Nintendo has a bunch of characters they could use, just like Disney. It's just they they make video games instead of movies, so you'd have Pikachu cool. coming out. Here's your pasta. Yeah. I'm a Luigi. Instead of taking pictures with Goofy at Disneyland, you'd be taking pictures with, you know, Samus Aaron from Metroid or, you know, Yoshi or whoever. But um, anywho. um, Sorry, everyone who had to hear my terrible (laughs) Luigi Italian impression. There you go. (laughs) Um, After that, I, I had a lot of ideas. Like, I wanted to be an inventor. Um, you know, probably throughout my adolescence of nine to like 13, I just kept on thinking of things I wanted to invent. A lot of them were not very realistic, but like for one example, I had drawn out designs for rocket boots, um, and how like from spy kids, um, I was like, how would these actually work in real life? Because, you know, obviously nobody's done it yet. Otherwise we'd all be flying around rocket boots. Yeah, baby. Um, so there was that design. I also thought I wanted to be a writer for a little bit, maybe like some sort of entertainment business because I wrote stories, like little short stories in fifth and sixth grade. Um, but, you know, after that, my most recent one that was like achievable, 
in a sense was when I was in middle school and high school, I wanted to join the Navy. Um, that was the dream I had. I wanted to be a pilot on like an aircraft carrier. I wanted to be out like on the open ocean because I was ever since I was little, I've been um, super interested in what the ocean has to offer. Like I really like all the creatures and like the power it has behind its waves and stuff. Um, I'm like, man, if I could just be really close to that and see it from firsthand and from up in the sky, that'd be really cool. Uh, unfortunately, um, <laughs> a fat kid with asthma does not get to be a Navy pilot. Um, they won't take you in at all if you have asthma, which, um, mm -hmm. you know, was an abrupt way to end that possibility in my life. But um, it led me to think maybe I should try to do something that caters more to the skills I have. So right now what I am doing, um, you know, cut to what, five or six years later since that Navy dream, mm -hmm. um, I would like to build my own business. Um, I have a couple of ideas. I would like to, you know, I, I could share some of them, but the main one I'm trying to work on is an application for iOS or Android. Mm -hmm. Um, where you would essentially compare uh, bars to one another um, <clears throat> in towns that you may or may not have been to before. So, for example, when you and I went to San Diego um, two years ago, um, you know, we, we'd never been to San Diego before, and we weren't 21 at the time, but... But if we were... If we were 21, we would have no idea where a karaoke bar is. Um, you know, we could search it up and find a Google list and whatnot, oh, yeah. or we'd have no idea what drink specials are going on on yeah, a Thursday that's, night. That's hard to figure out. So what, what my app would do is you would search, you know, Des Moines, Iowa or San Diego, whatever. And it would, and then after that you put put in whatever search parameters you're kind of looking for. So you'd say on Friday night. Um, and if you want, you can add filters to it. It's like, I want only karaoke bars. I only want clubs. And then at the end of it all, it also show, uh, drink specials. So, you know, Thursday night, some people have drink specials, some don't. So, you know, Amigos, they have buy one, get one Margs, you know, Derringers have $2 wells tonight, whatever that might be. Essentially mm -hmm. it'd be Trivago, the hotel comparison website, but for bars. So mm -hmm. And what would you call this? I would call it drinks, I think. It would be D-R-I-N-X. Mm -hmm. I've designed a logo and a bunch of screen art for it, but it's um, it's rough. I don't know how to program. Um, yeah, it's does? very difficult to learn how to program without uh, a tutor, I guess, or money to pay a tutor. <laughs> yeah. So... Right now, that project has kind of come to a halt until I can find, um, you know, some help from, from there. And that help wouldn't be investors or a tutor or, you know, an angel <laughs> that, yeah. that wants to help. A literal angel. So. The lottery. Right, yeah. I don't play the lottery, but <laughs> I do gamble from time to time. So. Yeah. Anywho. How would this make money how would you get businesses interested um so with this app that i'm trying to make it would do a couple different things 
first of all, I would get directly paid from the bar side. So there'd be two different types of the website. There would be um, customers like you and me and the rest of the world. And then there would be the bar owners. The bar owners would be able to uh, operate and update their um, profile page that says, you know, what they have going on. Mm -hmm. So if they have, you know, a comedy night that shows up, they can, you know, put that on their page for mm -hmm. on their calendar. Um, and the bar side, the people that sign up for that bar side, they would pay a subscription fee. It would be like, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks a month. Um, and they'd pay to use the app as a form of advertising. The consumer, we wouldn't pay anything. It's just a search mm -hmm. engine for us. It's a tool. Yep, just um, a free app. For, and the bartenders, like I said, yeah, they, they'd pay a subscription for per month or year, whatever it would be. So, mm -hmm. um, it, the, the thing that would be really cool, too, is that it allows um, small bars to be able to compete with big bars. Yeah. Because um, if a little rinky-dink dive bar, you know, it doesn't look that great on the outside, but if it says, hey, we've got a comedy night sho uh, sh yeah, showing up on Thursday mm -hmm. and our wells are only a dollar, you know, that's going to draw a crowd where, sure, the, the nightclub, you know, will also draw a crowd too. But it, I don't know. It just allows you to figure out yeah, what kind of bar I get you want to Yeah. I'm a little wordy tonight. <laughs> that's okay. What, uh, what is the challenge behind this? Why can't you just get it going? Uh, money is a big one. Um, how, how much is it to start an app? What do you even do? So if you are a smart programmer that and what doesn't does that mean somebody who can, you know, write the code for the app mm -hmm. and build it from the ground up, yeah. um, designing it and launching it and all that good stuff. Um, if you are one of those guys, congratulations, you found a, a goose that lays golden eggs because it doesn't really cost you anything except for just whatever licensing, licensing and trademarking mm -hmm. and stuff like that. If you are a guy like me who doesn't know how to program and has very limited uh, skills in business and whatnot, you generally have to pay somebody outside to do it for you. Mm -hmm. um, there are people out there. There's a group that I'm trying to work with right now called the Idea Pros. Um, what they do is they... Um, say yep we will do the whole project for you um you know we'll, we'll build the app and we'll even help you run it for a year um and we'll we'll cover x amount of dollars to the investment so they're in it to help you out because they want to make their money on the first year and mm -hmm. and, and and run um before i'd run it into the ground <laughs> yeah um so that I mean, don't get me wrong. There's things to do it, but what they estimated, they estimated the entire project for the first year with advertising, marketing, you know, trial and error and stuff like that. They they estimate anywhere from one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What that looks like for me is they said if you can come up with fifty thousand to seventy five thousand dollars for an investment, we can get it done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well. Huh. I'm a 23-year-old kid yeah. who is barely able to save money to move here in a month, who works part-time as an electronics salesman. <laughs> you know, I, there's no way Yikes. I'm going to get $50,000 coming yeah. my way. So that that's the main challenge right now. Um, if there is, 
you know, I, people have told me just to try to work up the courage to ask people for money. Gosh, um, no. <laughs> but, and like, I realize that's what an entrepreneur has to do, but the only people I can think of that are that rich don't like me that much. <laughs> so, I, or, or you the, don't want to be that person. The, and I don't want to be the hat in hand guy, but I don't know if it comes to that, I guess. Um, no. I'd rather just have an angel come down and give me 50000 but I know that's not uh-huh, how the miracle. real world works. Yeah. And, I mean, is there any cheaper way to do it? Um, there is a cheaper way. It's still not really cheap. There's, um, you can have a smaller company. God, what is their name? The Appineers. Um, mm-hmm. where my original people I was working with, they said they would do it in three stages. They would do a um, design phase. That's where they helped me design a logo um, and some pages that just kind of get the general layout. And that's just all graphic design. There's no coding put into it. Um, they'll do that for like 300 bucks or 500 bucks, depending on the size of the project. Um, and then you get... Then you, you then you save the domain. Yeah, they they give you the they save the domain and all that stuff, um, and they make you a little website as well. Okay. Um, then the second phase that is what they call the build phase, and that is when they make a working prototype. It's not ready for launch yet or yep. anything like that, and that goes for about five thousand dollars on my project. And you can put that on Kickstarter. Yes, once I okay. get that um once I get that prototype built, that will make it qualify for things like Kickstarter and yeah. Indiegogo and stuff like that because they don't want th- those websites have been burned before when yeah. they say somebody's got a good idea and they need $5,000 to do it, but then they just take the money and run and said the project wouldn't work. Yeah. So they want you to build a prototype for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, after the prototype's built, you know, who knows? Launch could be what the, the next phase is. They actually have to build a prototype that will work on everybody's phone, not just this one. Yeah. Um, and that can be, you know, anywhere from ten to $15,000. So yeah. $20,000 overall. But they give it to you right away. They don't want to run the company. They just want to build you the app and set it on your way. So you have to have a lot of business sense. Yeah. You have to know how to market and you have to know all that stuff. And I've done a little bit of research, but I'm not a business student. I haven't studied this stuff before. I I can take care. I'm a public relations student. And so I've had some marketing knowledge and business knowledge and some accounting. And I mean, I could help you with that. And I have the resources too. Sure. Being a UNI student. Anyway. But it's a dream right now. Yeah. It's it's a good dream. We've talked about it a lot. Just for fun, we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot to others. You know. It's rough. Yeah. Life's rough. You need the funds. <laughs> Anywho, any other questions tonight? 